0: Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take Podcast, episode 14. I always feel like there should be some kind of musical tag there, but we put the music at the beginning, so it doesn't really work that way.
1: Yep, we just jump right in.
0: 14, we just got back from being out of the local brewery, outside, socially distanced with people, and there was a table next to us. And they came up to us as they were leaving, and they said, we have to know how old is your child and they started to share some of their guesses. One was I 12 know 12 weeks. One was 12 weeks. Another said my guess was 3 months and 6 days, which as we were sitting there it was 3 months and 8 days.
1: I was legitimately impressed.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, that was a pretty amazing almost exactly right.
1: Both Matt and I feel like we're pretty horrible at guessing children's ages.
0: I don't feel that way. I know I am horrible. We know we are. I look at a 16, 18-month-old baby, essentially, maybe toddler at that point, and I think, are you starting kindergarten this fall?
1: (laughs) Are you a three-year-old already? So we were quite impressed, and then he gave us a drink ticket that wasn't really a drink ticket. But, you know, we still felt like we won that. All that to say week 14
0: week 14 here we are
1: we're gonna jump into something of note which is a high or low of the week Mm -hmm. so my high this is just one of the best life hacks of having a baby that i've come to know so thursday night we're sitting at home it's about 6 15 getting closer to 6 30 right and we're talking about my birthday, which is coming up, which if you listened to the last episode, you know is next this week. This, this week. week. And so days. Matt offered as part of maybe a new birthday tradition to bake me something, which is very kind. I did. And this isn't like, totally out of the blue. He has become a bit of a baker this Not past true. year. I've
0: baked like three things, but I do have aspirations to be a baker. It's kind of like my relationship to camping. But I've taken a few more steps down the road towards baking. You've
1: taken quite a few steps down that road. And sure. so he kindly offered to bake me something. And I found this recipe online for this chocolate cake with coffee and cinnamon and like peanut butter. It
0: has no frosting.
1: cinnamon. Yes, it does.
0: Oh, you're right. It does. Thank Never you. Mind.
1: Yes. Take that back.
0: Yeah, I take that back. I edit that out.
1: But the biggest excitement for this cake is that it has on top these chocolate pearls crisp pearls is the official brand name
0: well i mean first of all there was a problem with the recipe because the recipe said valrona crisp pearls which do not exist valrona does crunchy pearls but not crisp pearls that is a cabarro belgian chocolate specialty so that first of all i just want to register it was
1: slightly misleading
0: that it was misleading but go ahead
1: so, this became the hunt for these crispy, crunchy chocolate pearls. And we realized that by the time that we were deciding that this was the recipe we wanted to do, we were probably a little late on the online ordering game of these pearls. Yeah. And so, after much research, it's now, yeah, like 6.30 and I found them.
0: Well, hold on. Let me back up because I, this is a shared something of note. There was no way that this whole evening, escapades weren't going to be on my list too what I had been doing, lots of research, and googling hither and yon, and then Rachel decides she's going to join in, which is great, because within 15 seconds, she had found these in a local store. I had searched every local store's website that I could think of. I couldn't find them anywhere. She's like, oh yeah, it was just the first Google search.
1: Poor Matt. Searched for maybe 45 minutes while I was making dinner for these crisp, crunchy pearls. Could not find them, but find them. together, teamwork, we found them at the local Surla Tabla and it said limited quantities. And so I checked their hours and they closed at seven and realized we have to go now because they might sell out. And if this dessert isn't going to work, we need to pivot and realize that tonight.
0: You need to make a hard pivot.
1: So I'm like, Oliver's already awake. Let's get him in the car seat. Let's go. We head to the fountains, which is an outdoor shopping area near us, five minutes away. We pull up first parking spot right in front of the store
0: right in front
1: we pull in go into the store put on our mask put Oliver in the stroller do the whole gig no one else in the store besides one employee which is perfect in terms of covid that's all we need precautions and the guy was just so nice i just have to say sir Tablo employee i don't remember your name And you definitely don't listen to this podcast. I mean,
0: we don't even know for sure that he worked there and that he wasn't just an angel. They might have been closed and the door might have coincidentally been open. Who knows?
1: But it is one of those seasons where I've just felt the weight of our human divisions and divisiveness amongst many things in this season. And there was this man who was there willing to help us, so kind, excited to see our baby, wearing his mask. It just just felt so... Right, and so generous and kind.
0: Did he make a comment about Oliver? Because you said this afterwards. I don't remember him saying anything about Oliver.
1: He did. He was like, oh, that's such a cute baby. But we were headed toward the cash register, and then we kind of started talking about something else. Oh, gotcha. So anyway, I just was overwhelmed by his generosity and kindness in this moment, even though, yeah, we were purchasing something from his store. But it was just great. And found the Crispy Pearls, big win.
0: It was a simple thing, but it was just a perfectly successful outing. Taking Oliver, we kind of did it last minute. We moved so quickly because we knew that they were closing soon that we didn't bring his backpack or anything, which really we shouldn't need for a five-minute trip. But it did feel, you know. A little risky. As new parents, three months and eight days, it felt a little risky uh, to do that, to kind of be flying without a safety net, so to speak. But he did great. The guy in the store was great. We got what we wanted. We ended up getting the Valrona. Chocolate Dark pearls. chocolate Dark pearls. Dark chocolate pearls. Yeah. So not the crisp pearls. Again, different company. If ever you come across this recipe, maybe we'll share it. Yeah, share don't. it and
1: we'll comment on it next week, how there you it turns go. out. There you go. But this isn't my parenting high. So I'm riding this high of the chocolate pearl win success. We found them. We come back home. We're like, let's just stop and get the mail. And we get the mail. <laughs> Lo and behold, what is in our inbox? But a jury summons for me.
0: Which I did know about, but I had neglected to tell Rachel because I do actually get a scan of all our mail each day, and I had seen it maybe the day before. But, but I he just,
1: did not care to warn me. I
0: had not warned her.
1: And let me just tell you folks, I have tried to serve on a jury multiple times in the last four years, and here I get another summons. I have been summoned to the courthouse, been there for... One day and got excused because I had a pre-booked flight during the three-week case that they were asking us to juror for. Second time I went, I went and was in the jury box, and then we broke for lunch. By the time I came back, there had been a plea bargain, and so we were excused. And yet, a year later, I get another jury summons. I thought this was supposed to be a longer term thing. I'm happy to serve my civic duty, are but you? there are people who <laughs> are years and years go by and they don't get a jury summons, And I've got one almost every single year.
0: My response to you has just been this should be a real honor because they are singling you out. They say, here is someone so worthy of jury service, someone so impartial and wise. Let's keep calling her back year after I year. I don't
1: think that's how they send out letters. Anyway, so now I am on a major low because not only jury summons, even though I think it's a good part of your civic duty, it is a bit of a bummer. It's a time eater. I find out it's the week that my brother and sister-in-law are going to be visiting in a couple weeks, and I am very disappointed because I do not want to be sitting in a jury box when I could be spending time with my brother and sister-in-law and my child. And so I've now hit a new low. I'm very frustrated vocally so as Matt can attest to
0: yeah and this is a bit of whiplash because we have gone from a super high Rachel being like this was so ex- special this was so exciting to jury duty uh, I just did this last year what how is this a thing why why me and then she looks at the date no what so it's really a is an accurate description rollercoaster of emotion
1: but then I'm reading through it. I'm like, maybe there's some way. Is there some way I can get out of this? I read through, are you you know, taking care of someone that you can't get out of? No, I don't really have that excuse. You know, I'm not in prison. I don't have all these other, you know, ways that you can get out of jury duty. And then I come to the top line in which it says, you can defer your jury duty if you have a valid reason, don't have a valid reason, or if you are a breastfeeding mother. <laughs> and my eyes tear up at the sight of those words (laughs) because I am a breastfeeding mother, and I get out of jury duty for at least another year.
0: Yeah, and she literally started dancing around the room. She is now very, very happy, doubly happy because I think now the Crunchy Pearl's success has compounded with the fact that That you somehow found the one loophole you could possibly use to get out of jury duty. Again, not that you don't want to serve your civic duty.
1: Exactly.
0: But just that when they are so constantly demanding your impartial wisdom.
1: It's just a lot on one person's shoulders. (laughs) Anyway, that's my hack is that if you're breastfeeding because they don't want to give you time to pump or to go home and breastfeed your kid, you can defer your jury duty service. For at least a year.
0: Is that a hack or is that (laughs) just an option on the forum? Because, I mean, a hack kind of implies anyone could do it. If you just find a way to be a breastfeeding mom, uh, I feel like you're maybe inviting people into some kind of jury fraud, which you really don't want to do. It's not a hack, folks. It's just a single convenience that is offered to a breastfeeding mother if they are called to jury duty, at least in our county.
1: Yeah, it's a thing for people to know about.
0: Yeah, okay. It's
1: it's maybe something worth pursuing in case you didn't read through the entire form. Okay, hold on. Looking for an excuse to get out of it. We have to
0: back up again. What do you mean by pursuing? What does it mean to pursue being a breastfeeding mom?
1: No, you can pursue getting out of jury duty through this option.
0: Right. So for someone who started this whole conversation by saying that she's wanted to be on a jury... It's interesting that we end with a quote-unquote hack about faking being a breastfeeding mother. I'm not so saying. You can get out of I'm pain. not
1: saying to fake it. I'm just saying if you are, it's good to know that you have options.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It and is good. It's
1: just deferring, so I will inevitably get called again in exactly a year from now, probably house.
0: to a way worse case. I know. Way worse I case. know. I'm
1: gonna regret it. I'm probably gonna have to move away for months for really? grand jury, but for now, I am at peace.
0: Well, that was really my something of note as well that evening. There was no way immediately as it was happening, I'm writing down notes on my phone because I'm like, I have to remember this. That was
1: quite the night. Yeah,
0: it was. So that was really good. Do you want to just continue on now with the take? Sure. You're on a roll. I'm on a roll. Let's, while things are hot, just strike while the iron's hot, as that phrase goes.
1: My take is that we are getting to the point in Oliver's growth that we now need to think about transitioning him out of the swaddle that we have maneuvered him into, which is a half mermaid swaddle with a blanket and then a swaddle up, which has his arms right up by his head. If you picture kind of like a starfish in surprise. Wee! <laughs> starfish in surprise? That is what Oliver looks
0: like. Starfish don't raise their hands when they're surprised. Wee! Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is... Rachel right now so makes me wish that we did a YouTube version of this podcast because (laughs) the arm gestures that accompany are too perfect. Okay, starfish and surprise, whatever that means, folks. You try to work out, but go ahead.
1: Anyway, so we now have to transition him out of that as he starts to be able to roll into a sleeping bag suit whatever you want to call it, where he can move his arm so that if he happens to roll over onto his stomach, he can breathe.
0: He's never done that before, just to be clear.
1: But he is starting to roll onto his side. So he's starting to show signs. And I just want to, like...
0: He's doing quarter rolls.
1: Yeah, I just want to get there before it's desperation, like, you will now die if we don't transition you out of this. So let's do it in slow measured paces.
0: Would you say that was a huge mistake?
1: Yes. (laughs) So we bought a swaddle starfish surprise that the starfish arms zip off in which you're supposed to go in. This is what the instructions on this thing say.
0: The sleeves. The sleeves zip off. The
1: sleeves zip off. So you're supposed to go in while they are sleeping and zip off one of the arms. And leave them like that so that they slowly get used to one arm being off and then you're supposed to go in and zip off the other arm and then they get used to both arms being out. I attempted this this week, which Matt pointed out at maybe the least optimal time possible.
0: Yeah. Mid- mid-afternoon, our room where Oliver sleeps, feels like there's a floodlight on it. I think it's the way the sun hits the wall outside.
1: Yeah, it's a bad sun timing. Yeah. Yeah. But so this is when I decided to do it and I go in, I zip it off. He like kind of looks at me, but then I get it fully zipped off and he closes his eyes again. I'm like, success. So I come out of the room with this one sleeve and I text Matt and I'm like, I'm attempting this. He's like, wow, that is, that is bold. huh? <laughs> Which usually means I think that's a stupid idea, <laughs> but it's a lot nicer version of that.
0: No, usually it's not quite that I think that is a stupid idea. Usually that is bold means I would not be trying that right now if I were in your situation. Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) That's what I mean by it.
1: And sure enough, a few minutes later, he starts crying and I cannot get him back down. And I tried zipping the sleeve back on. It was too late. The nap was done. So all that to say, he's still in his starfish surprise suit and I have no idea how we're going to get him out.
0: What's the take here? My take is that
1: transitioning is so hard. You get so used to routines, both you and your baby, and it's working. And the thought of having to change that for a reason that hasn't quite yet come is just very demoralizing. Mm -hmm. But I know it must be done.
0: Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more. Let's let desperation drive the situation.
1: (laughs) I know you are, but But I don't want to be in that situation.
0: But if it's going to be hard anyway, why not just do it all when it's all hard?
1: <sighs> I know. If any listeners have advice or anything on the transition subject, please let us know.
0: Transitions in general, or transitioning from Starfish Surprise to Open Armed? Well, that Arms feels very specific. Off, I think, was your earlier? I moment. feel like
1: transitions in general. The advice might apply here. Okay. Do you go cold turkey, or do you do a gradual? Transition to get oh, used to new things.
0: Great question. Yep. That's we'll my question. will throw that out to the listener.
1: All right, your take.
0: Okay, my take is this, and I'm surprised that we haven't talked about this, but I'm pretty sure we haven't, is apps that track babies' behavior.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, let me tell you.
0: Okay, go ahead. I mean, no, no. I, apparently I was just teeing up for your take. <laughs>
1: this is your take. I've talked enough. Well, actually,
0: I don't have a strong take. On the one hand, I find it has been helpful, especially early on to track and to be able to see. But I definitely crossed a threshold where I now find it kind of irritating to log things, but yet I still find it kind of helpful. In other words, I guess my take is, it feels like this app really took advantage of me as a new parent because it kind of got me in when it was super helpful. I found all the statistics interesting, which I usually find interesting anyway, but it allowed me to see everything about Oliver his feeding and his diapers and his sleep, and now we're at the point where most of that stuff, other than sleep, is pretty regular, and we don't need to really worry about it. We know what would be abnormal. Yeah. For him, and yet I still find that I need to kind of tr- keep track, and I'm starting to grow resentful to our our little app a little oh, bit. Oh, I
1: did not. This maybe is maybe not
0: quite as resentful.
1: Coming out for the first the, time.
0: Well. The problem is so the app gives us sweet spots for when he should nap, but we realize that essentially it just divides the day into a certain number of portions. So it's not really giving advice on when he naps. So then as a rule follower, I find it irritating when I need to not do what, what the it's app telling, is telling me to do, and that maybe is the core of my resentment. So That's fair. Yeah, I think these app trackers as a genre are probably generally helpful and good. But at some point, they do put some burden on you.
1: I think that's true. We use the Huckleberry app. Yep. And in the beginning, we were tracking yeah every diaper he had. Once we kind of hit our one-month checkup at the pediatrician, and he was doing pretty well and back up to weight, all of that was good. We stopped doing the diapers, which was very nice, but we do still track his feeds and his sleep. And it really, yeah, I think we could give it up. A part of me does love going back and being able to try to identify, okay, if he had a really long night, is it because he had a long feed or a short feed at night? What are the factors? And over time, I realized it really is all over the board and there aren't a lot of common denominators and so I do feel less of an obligation to track as when at first, I felt like those things would kind of point to whether he would sleep well or not. And now I actually don't feel like there's a lot of overlap. yeah, but we still do it.
0: We do I'm not at some point, it's gonna be interesting when we just decide we're done with it.
1: Yeah, I think we're we're nearing that that spot, maybe at least maybe for feedings.
0: I yeah. Find, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I find it interesting to know how long he feeds And sometimes you do just genuinely forget how much time has passed So it it, it does come in handy But it does become burdensome I, I see think, your point
0: Yeah, I think once he consolidates the two naps And once we have his next doctor's appointment Those are going to be key markers That will set us free from the, the shackles of Huckleberry Yes, I think that's true as I call it
1: yeah, I mean, part of it was for so long we were trying to make sure he ate every two to three hours and never going over those time limits. And now we're a lot more flexible. We really try to just follow what he does because he is. I figure if on I weight.
0: eat every two to three hours, then he's probably then you know, he's fine. I can do it on his behalf. Yeah. Good take. Good take. Thanks.
1: Are we doing.
0: I'm not just a parent. Great. Great.
1: Last weekend, Matt and I with Oliver went out to a coffee shop, out, again outside, just kind of sat there. But something we talked about was when COVID is over, where do we want to go on a trip? And that was the first time that we've talked about or dreamed about doing any of that since all of this has started. Mm. So the last trip we did, we did a baby moon in the first week of March right before I mean we got back. I went back to work for a week and then we were working from home and COVID was full on. Yeah. Until where we are now. So I mean it was kind of a miracle that we went on that Hawaii trip and it was maybe the best trip of our lives.
0: Up there for sure. It was
1: high high up there for lots of reasons, which was amazing. But we knew even before that trip we weren't gonna plan a ton of stuff because You know, life with a newborn was going to be unpredictable. But now that he's three months and I feel like we're at the point where if COVID weren't a thing, I would be seriously considering traveling, booking a next trip. It's making me a little antsy to want to go somewhere. Oh,
0: no. (laughs) That's not good.
1: I know that we, health-wise, are going to still continue to lay low for a while. I understand that. But now that he is more flexible... It does have me at least dreaming about what's next and so we talked about a couple options you know and realizing we really want to go see friends i think that's a huge thing because this season has uh been absent of a lot of those kind of connections that we thought would happen when oliver was born so we really want to go to the midwest see some friends really want to go to canada see some friends they'll still feel i mean we have I think, friends and locations that are actually very desirable to go visit, which is a nice thing. So none of these have turned into concrete plans and won't for quite some time, I think. But to even just dream about what it would look like to go on a trip somewhere, bring Oliver, see some people that we haven't seen in a long time that we really want to be a part of Oliver's life because they mean a lot in our lives, it would just be great to go.
0: My, I'm not just a parent, it's very different. It is, I am reading the final book in a trilogy. that It is The Remembrance of Earth's Past Trilogy by, and forgive my poor pronunciation here, Xing Lu, I think is the Chinese author, and then it's been translated. These are three books, science fiction books. I'm not going to give too much away, other than essentially it unpacks the encounter of humanity with an alien civilization, over centuries so not just one particular encounter but over a period of time and how that looks and it is some of the most creative but also realistic and it's got a little bit if you like your science fiction to have a little bit of a scientific backing feel it's not quite as detailed as uh if you've read the Martian or yeah or those kinds of books that are very sort of scientifically uh, accurate But there is quite a bit of physics in it and science in it, which makes it kind of interesting and feels kind of realistic. Like if there was this civilization that we encountered, this could play out. But there's just lots in there. There's philosophy. There's all kinds of things about how humanity would respond. And I've really enjoyed reading it. I'm reading the final one of the series now. So I'm almost done. And yeah, it's just been a kind of a unique reading experience as I've read through them.
1: There's something about reading a book that takes you out into another world completely. That does a great job of world building while still maintaining some like realistic plausibility.
0: Yeah. So I do recommend it to any science fiction lovers. I do recommend it. I don't recommend it to everyone, but yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating trilogy, I think. We did have one
1: mailbag this week. We did. My mom sent in a mailbag in response to my birthday traditions mm-hmm. in which she said, her advice was to pay attention to the things that you enjoy, even if they're simple things like drinking a cup of coffee, warm blankets, candles, whatever it may be. Massages. Massages, which I do love those. Pay attention to those things and take note of those on your birthday and think about the things that you love for traditions. And I think I'm taking that advice. So Matt's baking me something this week, which I love desserts. I love food in general. I love going out for food. So we'll probably do some kind of curbside variation. I love being outside. So we're going to try to find a way to be outside. That's right. We'll report back next week. But I do think that that is true advice. And I wouldn't mind repeating these things every year. I do think I'd do some variation of them every year. So maybe that is my tradition. Maybe so. We'll see.
0: Stay tuned. Well thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. I think that's a wrap on the episode, yeah?
1: That's a wrap. Week fourteen.
0: Week fourteen. Next well.
1: week is week fifteen. And we will also be releasing a special bonus episode.
0: Whoa, it's been announced. Okay. Yeah, we'll record a regular episode fifteen, and then in the middle of next week, we will also release a special bonus episode with the first ever guests on the podcast we'll leave it there for now yep okay i'm matt i'm rachel rachel happy birthday and that's your tennis tape.